In this episode, you're going to learn how to use the Grow Coaching Model to get more information out of your buyers, and you will learn why it's important to work on your business versus in your business. Welcome to another episode of the How to Sell Podcast. I'm your host, Luigi Prestonenzi, and as always, I'm pumped and excited that you've joined us. And if you're a long-time listener, I just want to say thank you very much for showing up each and every week and supporting our community. We value your engagement and your support. And if you're a first-time listener, welcome. We hope you take away some actionable insights that'll help you sell more. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast or watching this podcast. But this week, we've got a podcast that's all about thinking. And as I'm thinking about that, and, and we'll introduce the guest in a moment, I've got to help Dave think about the fact that he follows a football club called Chelsea, and Chelsea are not very good. And folks, if you're if you're listening or watching, I'm putting up my top, the top that Dave needs, because we've got a competition here in the podcast that you've you've heard about before, which the one that sells the most has to, it's the other person that doesn't sell as much, has to wear the top. The Guernsey of the opposition, Dave. Once again, yeah, all right, all right, chill out, this is the second time you brought this up, and that was a very aggressive intro as well that you did there. Um, <laughs> yeah, Lloyd almost spat out I, his I coffee. I tell you why. I'm tell you why I'm so aggressive today, Dave. I'm aggressive because I just can't keep holding this company up and doing all the sales. Like oh, you got to sell at some this. point, and that's why this week's episode, <laughs> Lloyd is going to teach you how to think for yourself. So, Lloyd, welcome to the How to Teach Dave. How to, teach, how, to, how to teach Dave how to think for himself podcast. Uh, I think your mum needed this one here for, for you, Louis, growing up, but let's not go down there. L- Lloyd, l- welcome to wow. the show, mate. Thanks for having me. Wow, what an intro. Oh, yeah, it's a bit of fun. Yeah. Well, Lloyd, before we jump into this incredible topic on how to teach Dave how to think for himself, just share with us why this topic? Why are you known for teaching people how to think? Yeah, so... Um, I've just got business owners. Let's just go back a little bit first, right? I, I run a business um, which provides director of operations on a remote fractional basis. So particularly online business owners uh, with teams of 10 to 30 staff, e-commerce, performance marketers, and so forth. And so one of the things or one of the uh, questions that comes to me quite often from business owners is like, why, why do I have to make all the decisions you know, I'm stuck. I'm stuck here. I'm making all the decisions. People come to me. Why can't they think for themselves? And it's a common complaint. And then the, the problem with this is that they get stuck in the daily operations. They're not working on their business, like you know, thinking a strategy or or selling. They're like stuck in the weeds of it. So then their business doesn't can't grow if they're not out there striking deals. They can't work on the strategy and they can't sell their business if it's them. So it's a real problem. But the problem quite often is actually the business owner. And I tell them, I'm like, you know, if someone comes to you with a problem, <laughs> there's no finger pointing or allocation. <laughs> going on here, Luigi. Come yes, on, man. <laughs> Sorry for 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 the for, for, uh, for the ones that can't see this episode. If you're if you're if you're listening to this, Lloyd was pointing at Dave. Um, <laughs> this is why I need to go to therapy. It's because of you, Lloyd. Uh, but no. back to Lloyd. How I'm interested. How do business owners uh, 
react when you say that to them? Do you know, I think on some level they already know that, but mm. it's just that in the course of action is not that easy to follow. What I'm going to tell you sounds easy, but it isn't. So when someone comes to you with a problem, what you've got to do is not give them, not just straight away give them the solution or give them the answer. Because yeah. if you do that, you're indulging them, you're, you're training them that, oh, if I come with a problem, then they'll give me the solution. And it's quite, it's easy for them to do that. And you've got to switch instead to coaching and it does take quite a bit of work. So when someone comes to you with a question, you say, hey, look, actually, you know, what I really want is come up, you provide me with the options and tell me which option that you would go for. And it's yeah. a bit different to just rather than a consultant who's going to give you options, you want the one that they're going to pick. And after a while, you can zoom out and build up trust and have them, you know, give them more trust to make those decisions for you. But then if you do that, you've also got to make it safe for them to fail and there will be failure. Mm -hmm. So you want to kind of start small, give them decisions yeah. that they can make for themselves. And it's, yeah, I think Luigi or David was going to interject with something there. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm completely on board with this, Lloyd. But I think, you know, I just, I'm just trying to put myself into the shoes of when we're in that customer or that engagement with a buyer. Often they're sharing something, a problem, and we are so keen to sort of share our perspective and give them a solution, give them a solve. We're sometimes killing the opportunity to help them see things a bit differently, and I think asking questions for me is one of the best ways to help somebody problem solve something right because yeah. if we are purely just there to provide like they say this is my problem and we're like great because we've all been taught in sales find the problem find the problem find the pain and then you know give them all the information so they can see that you've got to solve to their pain you're just providing information they could probably gar you know gather online it's in yeah. Built, yeah. People want to help. So they go straight to trying to solution. Uh, you know, even if your kids come to you, coaching, like you said, it's a bit of an art. I'm really curious. Do you have a framework around this? Like how do you, you know, best say this is the way you should approach it? There's a, there's a couple of things to say about this. I mean, um, the first thing is like when you've got someone comes to you with a problem and you might have a solution in your mind, mm. but instead of giving them that you're going to ask them questions that you might have gone through to get to mm -hmm. that answer and they might end up somewhere else and that's okay yeah. because they might end up with a better solution than you and if it's not the same as yours and it's if, if the impact of the decision is low but you've got them starting to think and make decisions let them have their decision yeah. but then there's cultural things as well like in a lot of my experience both in my business now and in my past in corporate world I had large teams in the Philippines and they're a very service-based culture and they don't really want to disagree with their perceived uh, view of the boss. So I had a very yes culture and when I inherited this team, I had to kind of break that yes culture. Like I actually want them to disagree with me, especially if I'm going to do something stupid. Hmm. So I'd play a game with the team and I'd be like, you know, sometimes I'm going to come up with something and I want you to challenge me hmm. or disagree with me. Uh, and so to try and get this to be more of like an initiative focus. Um, and the other question that you asked is, is there any kind of framework for this? And there is a framework and the framework I use is called GROW. And this is great because it also works with team and team coaching. Mm. So 
what I do here, let's just take an example like of a team coaching, like we've got a, a group of people together. Um, let's just say there's been an incident, like uh, you run a you run a campaign and it's smashed your server. Something's gone wrong, right? Like there's been some kind of meltdown. There's been some kind of incident, and you've got a load of people together to fix this. So the framework I use here, Grow, is the first thing you're going to do is talk about the goal. So this is a, fr- a, a coaching framework. I'm going to say, yeah. right, what, what's the goal here? The goal is how are we going to get this server back online and how are we going to prevent it from ever happening again? Like what do we need to do here? So that's the goal. The next thing we do is paint the reality. So here we're going to talk about like what what's my perception of what's happened? So I kind of say, oh, you know, this happened. We ran this campaign. We received all this traffic. Our server couldn't handle it and went offline. This is what I think happened. But you kind of don't want to do too much driving. As mm. soon as you're drawing out the picture, you want to suck the other people into this and get them in, right? Especially techies, right? As soon as you start drawing something that's wrong, they can't stand that. So you kind of paint the picture of what's happening. And as soon as someone starts to go, oh, hang on a minute, this this is how I see it, that's when you want to give them the pen. Or if you're doing this remotely, yeah. that's where you're going to share your screen and get them to drive. And then you switch to asking questions. So as Luigi was talking about, a lot of it's about questioning, right? Yeah. So asking questions, flipping it to now asking them, oh, right, okay, is that reality? Is that is that what it looks like? Aha, uh-huh, okay, cool. And then you're going to go around the room and start asking them about the options of how we solve. So all of this, whether you're dealing with one person or whether you're dealing with a team, it's all about flipping to asking questions instead of giving answers. So that's how we went from the goal to the reality and now the options by asking people what they're you know, going around, getting them to make the decisions so we get buy-in. And then finally to wrap up, so once we've got through, through the options, we worked out with the team what one we should go forward with. That's when we say, okay, I think this is the option mm. based on what you're saying. Let's go forward with that. That's the wrap up. That's the next steps and done. So that's a typical framework that I would use for coaching. Yeah. So if you're, we've got a lot of salespeople, individual contributors, and we do have business owners and entrepreneurs um, that are listening to this show. And you're hearing the grow framework and said, okay, um, I'm, I'm, I'm in an environment where I'm not getting a lot of coaching. Um, how can I apply this framework to myself in my role? Because you, you've mentioned some things. I can see it applied in a, in a customer interaction of how you can use grow in the sales process. But if we, if we want to help people sort of think for themselves, how can we apply this concept from a self-evaluation perspective and allow us to capture the elements of grow to improve our capability. Yeah, if you're reflecting back on yourself, like if you're if you're the person in the team um, doing the work, then you really want to be thinking about when I'm coming to someone, if when I'm coming to someone with something, how can I help them solve their problem rather than coming yeah. with the question? But from the point of view of the entrepreneur who has the team, who has the business, it's really resisting and it's hard to do. It's really mm. resisting that need or instant gratification yeah. to just send them away with a solution. And it's not easy and it takes time and it takes patience. And if you find that you're doing all those things in that you are 
you are coaching them in that direction of getting them to come up with a problem and a solution and, and, and come with an answer and you are making it safe to fail, um, then, and you are doing those things correctly, then dare I say there might be a problem with the person. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like if after a while you still are coaching and coaching and coaching and you really have made it a safe place to fail and they're still not driving it, maybe they're not the right person in the right seat yeah. in your business. And but that is me, a real thing. Yeah, but let me – can I maybe – I want to flip this if this is okay, right? So listening and thinking, yep, I get it. I want to be able to enable my team and help them build capability because obviously I can't work on my business if I'm working in my business, right? So mm-hmm. that's the premise behind this. But what if I'm in the position where I've got cash flow demands, okay? Um, and this is not necessarily an individual salesperson. I'm talking for that business owner that you were talking about. I've got cash flow demands. I've got a campaign. I'm allocating some scarce resource, which is money to this campaign, I need it to succeed. And I can't allow people to fail because if it fails, it could be quite detrimental to my business moving forward. How would you approach that situation with the grow mentality? Mm. You've got to maybe start smaller. Like you still want to get them into that. You still want to make sure that every time they come to you, that you're going to want them to come with a solution, a problem and a solution, and which one they're going to choose. Mm. And you build up incremental trust and you build up uh, incremental decision-making. So, for example, you might do it Mm budget-based. You might say after a while you've trusted someone with their own budget of $1,000, you can increase it or maybe you started smaller than that. So that's how you can start. The other thing you can do, I mean, you've talked about really scarce resource. If you get to a point where you've got enough resource to bring in an operator, like one person who can run your team, like a doesn't have to be a full-blown general manager, but like a someone who can sit between you and the whole team, if you're a very busy entrepreneur, then that's a really good way to go. Like the minute you've got a team of five to 10, you're kind of in the amber zone of needing an, an operator. Once you're in 10 plus, you need an operator. If you're a busy business owner, like someone who can make sure that your vision is being implemented, who can talk to the team and get everything executed. And then that pain comes away from you from yeah. being the person who has to coach everybody if that if that's not what they're used to. It's really interesting, yeah, Louis, because you, you, yeah. you see the differences in, in what can be applied there, right? Um, what, what, what would you do in this situation, Louis? Well... We have this situation all the time, Lloyd, because oh, I, I set myself up for that one, didn't I? <laughs> I'm constantly, you know, with Dave, you know, he's making so many errors, Lloyd, and, and uh, I'm constantly trying to use that growth framework, but I think you're right. I think I'm in that position where, you know, I think I've got the wrong person in the team. So um, we, we're trying to instill confidence into our audience. To to work with this, I've been training ChatGPT to replace Dave. I even put a prompt in ChatGPT that said, you know what, I'm trying to train Dave and, you know, what do I do? And it actually responded. It said, Oh, yeah, I saw training. that response. You I know what that. it said? It was like, yeah, it was, it was it said, a, Stop a return training response. Because he's not trainable. <laughs> no, nah, it said, look in the mirror. It's your, you're the problem. Lloyd's <laughs> 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 no, caught in the middle here of, of a. <laughs> just to, to seriously answer your question, Dave, and, and Lloyd, I, I find myself, because I'm a driver, like if you look at my personality profile, 
I'm, I'm, I'm an I and a D. And in the sales mm-hmm. process, I'm very much relaxed. I'm very much consultative, asking questions. I hold back the response skill. But when it comes to projects that I'm driving, I'm the complete opposite. Um, I, I'm a problem solver. So if I see a problem, people talk to me, I'm like, let's just get to the outcome as soon as I possibly can. And mm-hmm. as much as I love the growth framework and I love the coaching aspect of communication, sometimes the timing, the pressure, I don't have time to sort of help people arrive. And I'm actually also one that gets frustrated quite easily if the people that I'm working with aren't keeping up at the same pace as I am, right? Mm. Um, which ultimately, you know, one would say makes me a horrible manager, yeah? No, because- it's, it's a difficult it's a difficult situation. It's a catch-22 mm. because you're under the time pressure, but you yeah. won't be able to let go of the reins unless you start giving your team that autonomy mm. and you have to allow failure to do it. It's like you can't yeah. have one without the other. Yeah. So you have to choose, pick your battle, you know, and find out where you can allow some kind of autonomy there. Yeah. And, and that's a healthy balance because I've also been on the other end managing sales teams across various channels where I would allow them that safe space to fail knowing that depending on where they're at in their journey as a seller, if they're new or if they're more mature, um, but knowing when to sort of kick in a gear to support mm-hmm. them and lift them up if, if the deal's starting to go south, right? Mm. Um, but I also learned early in my career when I first started leading because I was quite young in my 20s, um, I thought the answer was go and save the result and I was actually not enabling my team at all because mm. I thought being a good leader is becoming the savior of the sales process. <laughs> and in fact, it was kind of, uh, it was counterintuitive. Um, so therefore, you know, then I started down a path of really using that coaching framework to help enabling. Um, but I, it's a very different pressure working under a salary than running your own business mm. when it's your own money that's being burnt. And I think that's a two different levels of emotions that, that people have to contend with when it comes to coaching, enabling and helping people think, you know, and that's just my perspective having been in, you know, running no, a business for a number I completely of years. agree. You're, um, you're no one's in, in, as in, a, a invested in the result as the business owner. Mm. So they can't expect the team to be motivated in the same way. And, yeah. it's, and it's hard. I will say this, that you can't easily just apply coaching to everything. It's a yeah. bit of a dial. So it's like, if you've got an intern come into your business, you don't just say, well, hey, buddy, there's the outcome. Off you go. Good luck. Fix the fix the mm. system or whatever. You can't do that. So in the beginning, when someone comes in, you're going to give them high direction, you know, really like operational procedures. Do this, do this, do this, do this. And they need that. But after a while, you're going to see when they've started to learn and then you step back and you're going to start switching into more of that coaching role. And then once they get confident with what they're doing, then you need to change the dial again to just back off. Like if you're, there's like the two, the two measures is like how much direction you give them in terms of how to do their job and how much coaching you give them. And then there becomes a point where they're already all over it. You can just Mm -hmm. let them run. You've given them enough support. You've given them enough coaching. To keep them interesting, interested, you probably just need to give them another challenge after that. Have you ever wondered how fast-growing companies 2, 3 and even 10x their annual revenue? They have something more than just a sales plan. 
They have a sales operating system that is the engine that drives the revenue function for their business. If you need more qualified leads, if you're struggling to nurture deals, if you need to close more deals faster, or even if you need to hire A-plus salespeople, click the link in this podcast episode or visit growforum.io forward slash apply to have a chat with Luigi and myself to see how we can help you. Now back to the show. And look, I think this is this has been a great episode, Lloyd, because we've we've crossed a number of different roles um, from business owner to individual contributor to entrepreneur, etc. But I think, like anything, when it comes to this sort of content, there is there is absolutely key takeaways depending on how what perspective you're looking at this. Um, and I'm sure our audience will want to engage and find out a bit more. And where is the best place for them to find you? And engage yeah, sure. Uh, just head to my website. That's virtualdo.com. Um, and if you'd like to um, uh, have a look, I've also got a book there, which I give away for free, uh, which is on Amazon. So you can get the PDF for free, virtualdo.com slash book. Well, Louis, that was a very insightful episode again. You look confused during parts, which is not a surprise. A lot of things go over <laughs> your head. Uh, but how would you apply this? How would you tackle it from a coaching a sales team? point of view. Yeah. And then the reverse. Yeah. If a sales team member is coming to you, how, how would you instruct them to present this to their, to their manager, to their boss to bring up? All right. So first, the first part is, okay, if I am coaching a sales team, okay. So obviously, as I mentioned during the episode, one of the, one of the challenges that I found early in my um, career managing sell- sellers was I would try to go in and rescue, right? But that would not allow the people that I was working with, the team that I was managing, the opportunity to build that capability. And now the subtle shift that I made was when they were encountering problems was to just ask questions. And like anything, like the sales process that we manage and we execute ourselves, the heart of the sales process is the questions that we ask, right? Because the questions that we ask help the other person see things differently, yeah? And so when I made this shift managing people, and I ask specific question about you know, an open questions and think about some thoughtful questions. They've got to be considered questions. You will find that the other person that you're engaging with will stop and think. And again, like anything, it's important when they start to have that process of thought and they start to think and there's silence, don't fill the gap of silence with another question. Allow them time to think and consider their position. And then ask follow-up questions. Now, um, Lloyd did talk about the growth framework, but I'm going to talk about the effective feedback framework for, for a very quick minute. So the effective feedback framework that I use allows you to grow confidence and grow skill. And how do we do that? It's broken into four quadrants. The first quadrant is whenever you're giving feedback, is ask the question, right? What did you do well in that conversation? Okay. And not focus on negative. It's what did you do well? Most people will talk about what they didn't do well. And that's where you have to say, no, no, no. What did you do well? Then you say, well, this is what I heard you do well. So you're building confidence. Next thing, the next quadrant, which is a skill development, is what would you do differently next time? And you allow them to talk. And then you say, this is what I want you to focus on, which is, again, skill growth. Now, notice in that conversation framework, the there is no negative feedback. So you're not killing their, their, their energy or their enthusiasm. 
And that's something that I've applied for for a, a number of years and it is the most effective way that I've used from a coaching perspective of the conversation. So that's the answer to that first question. Now, the second question was, what was the second question you asked? You asked the second question was around- The second question was, how would you approach it if you're a salesperson going to talk to, yep. your, to your manager about this, right? Yeah, so- instead of bringing the problem to the table is give consideration before bringing the problem. Ask some of the questions about the problem to try to see if you can find a solution yourself because like Lloyd said, sometimes the best way to get a solve on a problem is come up with some options and then get guidance on those options, right? And it's funny because something that I used to do with my daughter a lot as she was growing up, she'd ask me some random questions and I'd say, did you Google it? Now, you might laugh when you hear that, but Google is actually a skill. To go and find information, you, you might find something first and go, that's not 100% accurate. I'll go find something next. But what's happening, there's a learning there. There's a learning of research. So that's something that I would advocate strongly as an individual contributor. Instead of always going to look for something, look, have somebody give you the answer, Try to do the solve yourself. Ask some questions about the problem that you're tackling and see if you can uncover some options first and then take those options and say, this is the research that I've done on how best to tackle A, B, and C. What are your thoughts? <laughs>